fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October skies Yet all the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow And I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heartstrings that play soft and low Yet all the night's magic seem to whisper and hush Yet all the soft moonlight seems to shine Yet your blush Can I just have one more moon dance with you Oh my love Can I just make some more romance with you Oh my love Well I wanna make love to you tonight I can't I did. It was another adventure in um, in technology challenges and busy work schedules. But um, yeah, I think in part, uh, I believe there was the wolf moon as and yes, yes. So all kinds of fun technological challenges. Uh, presented themselves this week but but thankfully you know thankfully everybody is well um in our household so very very appreciative for that and i know hello ladies ellie bright-eyed and tailed and kenzie kens because i know you're up early 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 on a saturday morning I spoke with a couple SR fans um, earlier this week, and um, most of them are just like, oh, you just can't get up that early for the podcast. I said, well, the beauty of the podcast is you can listen to it at any time, so you don't have to be on live uh, when we're broadcasting to catch it. So um, how are you this week, Pam? Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> no halftime show today. <laughs> Okay. Um, thank you, ladies, for letting us know that. Um, Pam has just read your messages, and she is working on fixing that. That's odd. Usually, um, we both... Usually, I'm the one who has the sound issue, so um, we are on it. I'm hoping uh, you both have had a good week, um, Kenzie and Ellie. Um Anything exciting happen in your world this week? I'm happy to say we did um, connect with SR, so we have um, some of his news that we'll get to when uh, Pam's sound comes back. Because Mercury's in retrograde, that's why your sound is not on. Can you still only hear me, guys? 
Allie said, long week. I hear you, Allie. Absolutely. Okay. Pam apparently sees, she, Pam apparently said she sees, um, good morning, Betty. Um, they, they just said they are just hearing me. Um, Betty, we have a dynamic where we're just talking about technology issues and challenges being a earmark of this week because of Mercury and retrograde and the wolf moon. Um, Betty asked if Pam was eating cake with Gabriel. I I'd only be incredibly wish. jealous. And yes, <laughs> Pam, now they can hear you. Good, good. Great. I, well, you see, there's this little thing when you're on the Mixer thing, the Mixer app, where you have to select your uh, sound in your um, <laughs> the recording. <laughs> and you have to have an input device. <laughs> oh, thank you. So if you don't hit that, yeah, it's Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> well, it's good. Thank you for letting us know and that you couldn't hear Pam. So now you can hear both of us and we'll be able to tell you about some of the news that SR has for oh, the yeah. week. It, 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 you know, it, he's signed uh, two different contracts this week. So he's, he's really excited about that. But he needs to let them announce it so he can't say what it is but it's out there and but he will say that one of them is brazilian very exciting so Mm -hmm. two different companies Mm -hmm. and one of them is brazilian so i'm sure that's one of the books Uh, one of the book deals probably so that's that's good news and uh, he, he's also saying that um, he can, he said the Passion Flicks is going to have some excellent things planned for Gabriel's fans on Valentine's Day. So stay tuned for more details. Oh, that'll be fun. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just thankful that, he's thankful to everybody within the community for everything that, you know, especially during COVID times because they're having such a, you know, everybody's having such hard time with a lot of stuff so it's good that the community has a place to come together and and to laugh and to be together so that's that's good so ellie bought cake to make but someone has to make it even (laughs) perhaps when i'm not in bed (laughs) and uh Betty said that she would blame Gabriel on distracting you with chocolate cake, Pam, with the uh, <laughs> the tech glitch. And uh, yes, the boss is taking over the world. Watch out, 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Betty, I'm not. I think there's probably going to be more. She says, I'm I guess sure this means nothing for Paul's fans. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be something for Paul's fans. I mean, come on. <laughs> They and Betty the angel said, fucker mud. <laughs> she actually bought cake but ate it earlier in the week. <laughs> um, and Ellie, it's funny. I have a cake, I have a chocolate cake mix and brownie mix box mixes. And of course, I actually have the actual stuff to make it from scratch. And I had this vision that I would do it. And do you think I made chocolate cake in celebration of International Chocolate Cake Day? Of course, of course not. not. The day itself was um, on. Wednesday, the twenty seventh, mm-hmm. um, and when we stumbled upon it, we were planning, um, we were planning the calendar for the upcoming months, 
And when we stumbled upon International Chocolate Cake Day, I said to Pam, this would be kind of a fun podcast idea because chocolate cake is such a memorable uh, part of the Gabriel series. And that, mm-hmm. that scene itself and the timing of the scene was so um, kind of in such a pivotal, intense part of the book. But I guess, what again... And in the and in the film, I mean, the music background for it was great too. Oh, absolutely. So um, we decided that would be that would be a fun mm-hmm. type of thing. And uh, I'm looking up a little of the history of International Chocolate Cake Day, um, not to be confused with World Chocolate Day, which happens in mm-hmm. July. Um, well, you need both. So <laughs> you do need both. Um, the day was cooked up by chocolate cake enthusiasts to celebrate the tasty treats, rich history. So we're going to talk a little bit about actually the history of chocolate cake, um, as well as talk about the role of chocolate cake in the Gabriel series. And we even asked SR a couple questions about his Mm -hmm. chocolate cake memories. So before we get into that, we were going to touch base on a couple questions from chapter 13 of last week because as as you may recall I was delinquent in getting questions to SR and um, he did not get back to me in time for the podcast so I thought we would start with a little bit um, of chapter 13 questions and just asked a couple this week because we had a bunch and uh, and I'm looking in the chat room now and Betty was saying, I was thinking, wouldn't it be crazy if someone rewrote Staying Alive to Angel Fucker? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling Gabriel would sing that song and even assign it to Paul's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, you're priceless. Uh, and Betty is lobbying now. We will tell SR that you want a chocolate cake scene for yes, Paul. Yes, with, with Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Who knows if uh, if a book five emerges, uh, maybe a chocolate cake scene would be happening there. Or if you never Paul's know. Own, in Paul's own book, you never know. You never chocolate know. ice cream works too. She says, "I'm not picky." That would be a nice twist for the Vermont dairy farmer. Yes. Um, and Ellie said, uh, "It is her nephew's birthday. Um, he's 19 today, so she can make one in honor of him. However, he would likely." Um, he would like a different kind of fun brownies. Well, you know, brownies and cake, there's a little bit of separation between the two, but I would count them as I would count them in, in that category of Most some definitely. kind of baked chocolate deliciousness. So, and Betty says brownies are delicious. Um, chocolate fudge works too. So, oh my gosh. And I love nuts I, in my brownies. Mmm. I love any kind of brownie with anything in it. Mm-hmm. Super, mm-hmm. super good. And yes, uh, Betty wishes happy birthdays to your nephew. And likewise, um, very, very happy birthday to him. Today is my, your nephew's birthday, but today is my uncle's birthday. Um, so we're having a, a birthday uh, Zoom call tomorrow, um, bringing everybody together in honor of that. Oh, that's nice. And uh, good afternoon, Monica. Glad glad you could join us as we celebrate Chocolate Cake Day on the Gabriel's Fan Podcast. 
So we're just talking, we're starting to talk a couple questions about last week's chapter um, SR was able to get back to us on, and then we're going to delve into more of chocolate cake fun. Mm-hmm. So as you remember in the call last, or the call, as you remember in the chapter last week, uh, Julia was looking at her phone and, you know, Gabriel was wondering, she was so elated, she was kind of emoting when she was reading and she was, he was kind of wondering what's going on here. And so we asked SR, will Gabriel always be jealous? Isn't he confident in his relationship with his beloved? And uh, SR very, very plainly states, Gabriel will always be jealous. I think this is part of his character. And although it may ease with age, it's almost an involuntary response at this point, which I think is perfect. And I think that's the way, you know, I always kind of envision... I love the fact he said it's almost an involuntary response because I think that's true. It's, it's almost innate within him. It's just so much of a part of who he is. Um, so I, I think that's pretty cool. And, and Ellie then, is talking about not just fudge brownies. She's talking about edibles. That, yes. I'm a college music student, LOL. Well, definitely. I mean, if you want to make his birthday even brighter, right, a college music student might might very much enjoy that that's true Uh, i know that i know that my um my cousin johnny when he was he went to villanova back in the um late 60s and uh he would send his pot mail his pot home and address it to my (laughs) grandfather because my grandfather lived it lived with them and his girlfriend at the time actually made some pot brownies for him. <laughs> so, so I a... don't know how well that went over, but I know he did eat them. <laughs> my poor grandfather. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, oh, Pam. Another chapter for your book, Oh, my God. Well, you know, that was, that was my cousin Johnny. That was my yes. cousin Johnny. The, hip, well, the hippie. Well, actually, Johnny could... Turn redneck. Johnny could have his own book. You could have a series, and John, you could devote a whole book to Johnny's stories alone. Oh, Mud, he, Mud Shark John, Mud Shark John, <laughs> definitely. Well, and I he, see Lori he, joined us. Good morning, hey, Lori. Lori. Hope things are well in Texas. Yeah, um, they, they, he nicknamed, he, he named his boat after Frank Zappa song. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the college so, music student, yes. Um, <laughs> And Betty, Betty had tagged in um, about Willie and chocolate cake. I know Willie mm-hmm. doesn't eat chocolate, but I wonder, would Raven ever experiment with chocolate paint? I have a feeling have a she feeling would love she sketching would. on, she would love sketching or painting on Willie's chest with the chocolate paint. I think that would be a great, I'm, I'm sorry Ashley is moving today and not listening to this live because I'd say, Ashley, there's another fanfic opportunity for you. Absolutely. Um, but if you're listening to this um, after a very safe, happy move, um, there you go, Ashley. Um, and <laughs> Betty was saying Paul gets a point here because uh, referen- re- referring to the Gabriel being jealous, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And Ellie said with Gabriel, he was never jealous until Julia. This That's is very true. true. Because he, he, never, he never had that, that love connection before. And Betty says, let's be honest. Paul's attentive. He is kind, sweet, and a gentleman. He would be an awesome husband to Julia if she loved him like that. So I totally understand why Gabriel is jealous of Paul. 
<laughs> and Pam, your stories are priceless. And uh, Ellie said, yes, Betty, Paul could be an awesome husband, not the best husband for Julia. <laughs> <laughs> so the debate still rages on. And it, it will, and it will forever be a debate on that. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and, and in terms of, you know, it, as, as we knew from Chapter 13, it wasn't an email from Paul. It was this very prestigious uh, invitation from yes. Professor Wodehouse at Magdalene. And um, Gabriel wasn't invited, but yes, your beloved Paul was invited. Um, and you know that Gabriel is incredibly proud of her and how she's mm-hmm. holding her own and making a name for herself in academia, which was vitally important for both of them um, because he knew how much not only did it mean personally to her, but he knew how talented she was and he wanted her her work and her thought leadership to shine. And I think that's, was really one of the beautiful things about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so one of the questions we asked, uh, because as you may remember in chapter 13, Gabriel had kind, kind of did have the pause about being worried um, mm-hmm. about rumors following them around after what happened in Toronto. So we asked SR, why was Gabriel still worried about the aftermath of Toronto? And SR says, as Gabriel continues his career, teaching students, going to meetings and conferences, etc., he hears things. He hears rumors. And he's concerned about how those might affect Julia's career. He wants her to be successful and respected, and he fears she will be overshadowed. Which, again, since he has that love connection, since he is so devoted to his wife, that it's understandable. Um, Plus, he is a very larger-than-life character, so I think, um, you know, he it's and, and and it also goes in line with this promise, right? We keep mm-hmm. talking in Gabriel's promise about how that theme is woven throughout the book, and his promise to uh, protect her as well as to support her career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And if I sound a little distracted, I have a, a fuzzy gray thing walking all around my laptop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hopefully, yes. hopefully um, our, our little uh, assistant will not disconnect us <laughs> somehow. Oh, God. Well, I'm, I'm keeping her away from the keyboard, so. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be cool. Um, Betty, and Betty noted that she's still hoping Allison is is quarantined in her own apartment and not at Paul's home. (laughs) I'm sure that that is the case. (laughs) And and Gabriel does hear things through the grapevine, as Betty noted. So it's true. And, you know, I'm thinking that uh, Paul may be quarantining with Elizabeth Rivera. (laughs) I think if Paul... I think if Paul was uh, quarantining with Elizabeth Rivera, I don't think we would have Elizabeth Rivera on the podcast this morning. (laughs) True. (laughs) Just saying. Um, Anyway. And Monica noted that jealousy runs in the family, Tim. (laughs) It does. It does. I mean, I just, uh, I went outside. It's about 14 degrees out. I went to call her in for a little bit and she wouldn't come in so she's enjoying that <laughs> and another one that's uh, sound asleep on the couch so 
And we found the box, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at the chat. Um, Lori says, uh, yes, that's true. Betty would be busy. And Ali <laughs> said, see, Paul is still all reserved for someone who will love him like you, Betty. He that's deserves right. his forever woman, too. That's and we right. all agree with that because Paul is just a, just a special soul. And I would love to see, I would love he'll to see that happy ending for him. I'm sure he will get a nice happy ending. <laughs> and more ways than one. Anyway. And Betty said, the man needs to rest once in a while. I wish I was quarantined with Paul. I'm sure it would be fun times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will. Betty, go make Paul that cake and he can get the milk and you can have a a socially distanced picnic. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I love that. Oh, that would gosh. be a lot of fun. <laughs> yes, my daughter had done some social, some very fun socially distanced dates um, at the very beginning of the pandemic, and it was fun to watch them. Uh, literally, they came up with themes and uh, had food around the the theme and costumes and the whole the whole nine. You know, just oh, I know. Well, even fun. even even now, like mm -hmm. if you go onto Match dot com. Or, you know, site like that. They also now do videos so you can video chat. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what, it's a keeping lot Keeping it safe, yes. Keeping it safe in the. Uh, in the time, uh, yes. Times of. Love the, in the of time of the coronavirus. Pandemics, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. So that was our talk. That was our, that was our chapter 13 um, follow up from SR. And again, thanks SR for your indulgence with the giving us a couple of those answers. We appreciate that. Um, and now it's time yes. for a little so chocolate I, I, cake. I started looking for chocolate cake. You know, you Google chocolate cake and you come up with lots of recipes, but I wanted to find other stuff. And, but I found, I found out that, um, well, chocolate was, mostly consumed as a beverage in the 1830s, which was a little bit before my time. Um, <laughs> uh, chocolate cake as we know it today didn't exist in, uh, until uh, until then. Uh, so then according to the Denver Post, chocolate cake was born in 1765 when a doctor and a chocolate maker teamed up in an old mill and they ground up the cocoa beans and uh, it became a huge, with a huge millstone, it became make a stirrup, and the liquid was poured into molds and shaped like cakes. And that was meant to be transformed into a beverage. So uh, that's right, because people were drinking chocolate. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I know they were drinking chocolate in Mexico for well, that that was you know hundreds you and go, hundreds you, of years. Yeah, well, if you go back, I mean, it was basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Latin America was where the the cocoa bean originally uh, was founded, and it was they would uh, make the Aztecs and the Mayans would make special drinks with them. Mm -hmm. And yes, so. Betty, a chocolate cake history lesson. Do you expect anything less from us on uh, the podcast? <laughs> um, and and she also noted she could just buy a cake from the bakery and just eat it with Paul. Sexy cake eating picnic, which yes, it would be. And she says I don't really bake, so it's better to buy an already made cake. It could be like a Tom Jones cake. It could be any kind of cake. Uh -huh. I well, there, love there's it. a there's a scene in the movie of Tom Jones where Tom Jones and this woman are eating chicken, and it becomes a real bloody festival. <laughs> yes 
Yes, I do remember. You could do that with I, chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to chicken. And that, that could be fun with icing and, and uh, playing around too. So anyway. Uh. Yeah, well, and it was interesting because there are those chocolate cake pop culture references. The other one that we came across was in Matilda. I think yes. you might remember. Pam, do you remember that movie? Have you seen Matilda before? Have I seen <laughs> Matilda before? Have I read Matilda before? Let me see. Have I have I listened to the story on on audiobooks? Um, it was a a constant in my car and in my house when Isabella would come down. Uh, she loved the story, and she loved the movie. And so we would listen to the book on 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 our ride back and forth to New York and. So yes, I have, I have, and the the the, the cake was very interesting with Matilda. So, in fact, <laughs> yeah, I'm forgetting little, the name of the character who was it, Miss Grunchable, Grunchable, Grunch, something like that. And and uh, then there was the nice teacher, and I forget what her name is off the top of my head, but yes, I do know, I do know. So, <laughs> and the, uh, now we're getting into where. To my neck of the woods, um, yes. the, there was a popular cookbook author by the name of Eliza Leslie. She was a Philadelphia cookbook author uh, who had the earliest recipe for chocolate cake in 1847, and it was in the ladies' receipt book. Um, and un unlike what we know today, they used to chop chocolate. And other times, uh, there were others, uh, uh, Sarah Tyson Moore and Maria Parola, who made contributions in development of the chocolate cake. So it became, you know, they all became these big uh, authors of cookbooks because of it. And then uh, the first boxed cake mix was uh, from a company called O'Duff and Sons. And it was in the late 1920s. And then Betty Crocker released her first cake mix in 1940 so that's you know so the the cake mix that my uh my mother used to make for all of us with the duncan hines or betty crocker all came in the 40s <laughs> so hey i'm grateful for those they uh make things a lot faster and easier true um, but there still is nothing like that true Homemade. My favorite is the Hershey can cake. Mm. In the, the back of the Hershey cocoa tin. Oh, yeah. Now I'm aging oh, yeah. myself because they're not tins anymore. But, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, as as we're talking about chocolate cakes um, and, and, and pop culture and a little bit of the history, I'm going to put in the, a link for you, um, too. I don't know how many of you had seen the... Uh, Sex in the City episode when Miranda um, couldn't stop eating chocolate cake and she ended up throwing it out and then went back and grabbed it out of the trash can. <laughs> anyway, mm -hmm. that's the link I just put in. Um, okay. She decided she was going to have chocolate cake instead of a boyfriend. So. I see. <laughs> and I see Anna has joined us and uh, she wants us to come to Oakmont Bakery. And Oakmonter, a layer of chocolate cake, a layer of cheesecake, light chocolate buttercream, a chocolate ganache drizzle with Turner's Oakmonter milk spiked. Mm. Oh my gosh, Anna. That's. Yeah. I am putting that on my list. 
that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to try that, Pam. Absolutely. Uh, road trip time. Well, we, we I... do. We've been <laughs> needing a road trip for a while, so. Well, that would we be just good. have to. We're we're making a very long list. Yes. Um, and I, I'm seeing too. Betty had noted that she realized she has a box of Betty Crocker chocolate cake mix in her pantry. She has no idea when I bought that. But the good thing about the mixes are usually they last a pretty Mm -hmm. long time. They do have an expiration date. So you'll want to check that out before you, before you do your adventure in baking, Betty. Um, Oh my gosh, that the Oak Monor sounds. That sounds good. Incredible. Thank you for sharing that, Anna. Um, Mm -hmm. We were talking a little bit about the history of chocolate cake and, um, you know, part of the chocolate cake lore is the red velvet cake, which tends to be uh, known as a southern uh, specialty. But before the red velvet, which is essentially chocolate cake with uh, red uh, coloring, before that time, there was mahogany cake and uh, in Ann Burns cookbook. American cake. Mahogany cake dates back to the late 1800s in America um, and is actually the first chocolate cake on record appearing in major cookbooks of the day, mm-hmm. um, such as, uh, again, Pam's Neck of the Woods, Sarah Tyson Rohrer's The Philadelphia Cookbook, which was in 1886. As it happens, mahogany cake is also an awesome study in the change um, in the subject of baking chemistry and the alchemy of the ingredients creating not only a lofty rise, but also phenomenal texture and a beautiful, unique reddish-brown color as well. In many ways, mahogany cake was the gateway cake to the Technicolor red velvet. I am fascinated. I remember you pulled this up and hearing about mahogany cake. I had never heard of mahogany cake. Has any I'd of you? I never either. No. I, I, I think it might be one of those really old-school. It's a shame KK's not on the podcast this morning because she may have they may have uh, learned that in uh, culinary school, but mm-hmm. I might like dig into that and check it out. What makes mahogany cake mahogany? Um, and, and what would cake be again? Um, oh yes. Yes. As, as Betty noted, as Marie Antoinette would say, let them eat cake. I would like which, to which some of that she actually Oak never said. <laughs> When you go on a tour of Versailles, the first thing they tell you is that Marie Antoinette never said let them eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, Did, which... it's great pop. It's a great pop culture reference, though, right? Yes, it is. Yes. It is. <laughs> and Anna had said at the bakery they also have mini cakes, so you can try a plethora of wares. Oh my gosh, my favorite kind. <laughs> it reminds me of that Brazilian bakery we went to in Toronto. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. Rows and rows and and of just beautiful pastries. Uh, it's just it's it's their pastries, like a work of art. Yes, it was really. all Portuguese pastries. It was great. Yeah, and well, breads and, and yeah, and breads. Yeah. So, in addition, we were talking a little bit about the chocolate cake and the mahogany cake, which I, I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the. Original American cake icing of choice, which, which is I my know personal favorite, Pam's fave, is ermine frosting. Mm-hmm. And the mahogany cake was often paired with white ermine frosting, which is also known as flower frosting. Mm-hmm. 
um, boiled milk frosting or uh, Pam's fave cloudburst frosting. And I have to say, I had never heard, I have heard of ermine frosting, but I hadn't heard any of those references. And my, my friend Barbara's mother used to make the best vanilla or white icing for cake. Oh. Mm. I, 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 and I, I asked my friend Barbara if she still had the recipe and, and she's like, I think I do. I haven't made it in a while. Because she always... Oh. oh. That would be worth ask, worth an ask, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anna, Anna, you're making me laugh. <laughs> she said, um, uh, they also have lunches. Shit, I'm going today now. <laughs> <laughs> I if, if I was within driving distance, Anna, I would be going with you because <laughs> that place sounds awesome. It does sound good. And, oh, my gosh, Betty, yes. And then what did she say? Now this sounds like, what did the fox say? What does the fox say? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what she said, but I know, do know that that was a line that she, that she did not say, but it's often uh, put to her as she, was, she didn't really care for a lot of the, the, the poor people or the, the, you know, the, the non-monarchy class. Right. Right, the, the rest of us, yes. the real people, the peasants, I guess, in their... Well, that's why now, they I don't know what Revolution. they called that in the, the... I can't remember what they technically were referred to in the French um, society at that point. Well, yeah. Um, but... Non-plebeians. Yes. So. So, yeah, so anyway. From non-plebeians to beautiful ermine frosting... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it is a light whipped buttercream, so named for its silky, luxurious quality. Thanks to a pudding-like base made with flour, milk, and granulated sugar. Ermine was the American cake icing of choice before confectioner's sugar became a widely available baker mm-hmm. staple. And a clever way to frost cakes, not while blowing through expensive and later rationed ingredients like sugar and butter. It has the mouthfeel, not too sweet flavor, and gloriously swoopable quality of a meringue based buttercream mm-hmm. with a fraction of the effort, mm-hmm. making it truly deserving of its own prominent place in your cake recipe arsenal. Um, I now want to try making this. It would I'm be intrigued. fun to find the recipe, yeah. Yeah. It'd yeah. be cool. So we, but, so we asked SR if he liked chocolate. Chocolate cake. Chocolate cake, yes. Yes. And he said yes. yes. And he said, and we asked if so, what it, do you have a favorite chocolate cake memory? And he said, well, and I, have to, I have to say about this, I didn't think SR was going to be sharing any chocolate cake memories with us. I was surprised <laughs> he answered, but I'm happy he did. Yeah. I'm really happy he did. So he said, there's a cake that you can get in Canada, um, and it's made by McCain's, and it's he and he found it in New Brunswick, and it's basically like a pre-made cake that they sell in a grocery store. Um, it's uh, chocolate and let's see, with with a like a marble cake, chocolate mm. vanilla, and like I a love chocolate that. icing on top. So yeah, and we will put the link in mm-hmm. the chat room. So you, so you can, can actually, you too can check out one of SR's mm-hmm. favorite chocolate cake memories. 
And he also said that it's the, it's a particular cake that was kind of thing you'd buy from time to time to have in the house. It's not bad. So, I mean, it's, I guess it could be like Enemans. Uh, I know here on the East Coast we have Enemans and, of course, Tasty Cakes. Um, and, I'm you know, I'm sure that you, you know, when you go to a grocery store, you see something that you can just grab and just have in the house. I, Sarah Lee has them, too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I am <laughs> laughing out loud at Kenzie's comments. <laughs> not so wrote, fancy hmm, pants? Not so fancy pants. Well, well it's not. <laughs> now, now, the next question we ask, we'll get him back in there, Kenzie. This this was this was before he became fancy pants, Ken's. Right. <laughs> I think this was childhood memories, or at least uh, <laughs> memories from an earlier time. <laughs> So we asked him if there were any recommendations on where you could enjoy a good slice of chocolate cake, perhaps at any restaurant you may have encountered during your travels. And he says one of the best chocolate cakes he's ever had is at Cafe Vetter in Marburg, Germany. And they have European torts and the cakes are fantastic. And I will add the link and I was looking at it and they have some really fancy fancy chocolate cakes and torts and I know See, we have to add this to the to the Oakmonter the Oakmont yes. bakery and mm -hmm. <laughs> cafe vetter um mm -hmm. yes I we just put that in um and you can check out the link um yeah now I, I will say the link the it's mostly in German but I know that some uh laptops and computers will translate it for you I do not believe they have a translate on their web page itself. So just an FYI. Yeah. But it's uh it's got some had some really good stuff and it looks like it'd be one of those great places you want to go. Uh it looks like it might be near a lake. And you know Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I just, just I just clicked the link. I just oh my gosh, it is beautiful. Yes. It is mm -hmm. absolutely gorgeous, and their confections look unbelievably mm -hmm. divine. Oh, guys, definitely check out. Definitely yeah. check out the link. It is gorgeous, and and fits more. <laughs> yes, as Kenzie noted. Okay, see now, <laughs> as she says, <laughs> now she sees. We're back. <laughs> fancy mm -hmm. pants territory. Um, okay, see now I take that back. There is the fancy pants. There, there is the fancy pants. Uh, also, I'd like to announce I'm drinking coffee out of my angel fucker mug. As am well I. Well done, ma'am. Well done. I'm As actually drinking coffee out of my one good woman mug. So not quite the same, but I raised my I raised my mug to you. Um, and Lori says, well. Have a cake in Germany is a bit having a cake in Germany is a bit fancy. Yes, True. Ali said something to be said for fast food cake convenience. Uh, Shark Week brings baking to our house. Maya actually comes out of her room and voluntarily bakes for herself. That is, I love that. That is great. <laughs> you know what? From I feel like whatever gets uh, whatever gets young uh, young adults baking, go for it. I, I mm -hmm. you never know what will inspire people, and uh, I think that's awesome. They have a lot of recipes <laughs> yes, for like these dumb cakes. Said, <laughs> well, and I like the Pepperidge Farm little cakes. 
Doing my good. mom loved the Pepperidge Farm is a brand in the U.S. And uh, they just have these small little square cakes in the grocery store. And it's mm -hmm. they're quite the they're quite good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are right in the freezer. Mm -hmm. Tasty cake has uh, the I they they their chocolate cake with like a buttercream icing and they've got uh, cream filling inside, which are I've mm. always loved. And then, I love those too. Uh, of course, they have their chocolate cupcakes, which my father devoured all the time. Of course, his birthday happened to be Chocolate Cake Day, twenty seventh. So I think cake that's his, uh, uh, surprising. Yeah. I don't think so. No. Um, Ellie says German chocolate cake is the best <laughs> and Anna's mm -hmm. drinking out of her queen of fucking everything mug <laughs> I love it I like uh, that. Betty says I'm good with any cake and uh... Laurie said that she you know dumb cakes are so easy and good mm. also and they are not chocolate though I, although I have a friend of mine had a chocolate dumb cake recipe that was pretty good now I, I have not heard it. of these dump cakes. Tell me, tell me of such. Basically, you just throw a bunch of stuff into into a bowl, mix it up, and put it in a. I don't even think you mix it half the time. You put it in like a um, uh, a baking sheet. Okay. You, know, you would do a lasagna or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, cook it that way. They're not, you know, necessarily fancy about you know taking it out and cooling it. And... Oh, there's a whole that bunch would be of them. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mm -hmm. have to look that up. I, I'm learning so much on our podcast today. <laughs> and I, I, I love, I do love to cook and bake. So this is, this is really fun. Mm -hmm. um, Ellie says my mug is still too far away along with the tea and coffee. <laughs> However, my empty wine glass fairy goblet from last night is here. <laughs> well, let, let me, let me get, last night I took a, a, a drink upstairs to my room and uh, had ice in it. And this morning I woke up and when I brought the glass down to the kitchen, uh, there was still ice in the glass. Mm. <laughs> nice. Mm. I, I had I had red wine last night, but I drank it all. So <laughs> um, Anna said chocolate dump cake with a can of cherry pie filling. Oh, my gosh, that sounds good. That would Lori's, be good. Lori's explaining recipes are online. It's kind of like a cobbler. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and with butter. Uh, Anna was saying, oh, my gosh, that sounds great. Look mm -hmm. out, Julia Child. Pam is our new chef. No, I'm far from it. KK's the chef. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we defer to culinary prowess. Uh, KK's definitely uh, one, of, one of, I know we have a lot of talented chefs in the ranks. Mm -hmm. um, I know KK is one. Um, and Kenzie says, I like Wisconsin Kringles cake, which is basically a big Danish cake. Oh, my that gosh. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get back to Wisconsin. That was such a cool place. Um, Monica says, I just went to the kitchen after lunch to look if I can bake something this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty's wondering if Gabriel ever bake Julia or Clara cake. I think that's a great question. Uh, and that Betty, would be a good question. I couldn't have even paid you to do that segue for us. So thank you. Because mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about next. Um the Joy of Baking with Pam and Karen. That would be a great show. Um, and Kenzie thinks Gabriel is more of a buy the fancy cake man. I tend to agree. Mm -hmm. And we actually asked SR about the use of chocolate cake in celebration of Chocolate Cake Day in mm -hmm. um, his novels. And we said, we asked him, why did you decide to include chocolate cake in chapter 16 
of Gabriel's Inferno. You know the chapter, ladies. You mm-hmm. remember that. Yes. <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit about that. But he responded that Gabriel's working hard to convince Julia, Julianne, that he's sincere. He's trying to woo her. And so he's using all of his seductive skills and appealing to all her sense, senses. And as you'll remember, Gabriel feeds Julia, as you'll countless remember, mm-hmm. um, doubtless remember. He feeds Julia the chocolate cake and relates that feeding someone as an ultimate act of care and affection. It was like sharing yourself with food. And Gabriel then relates how we are fed by our mothers at birth and parents as we grow older, when we eat with friends at a dinner party, when making love with another person, we feed on their bodies. And Gabriel also relates how when we feed on the Eucharist, we are feeding at the Lord's table and the sacrament of the Eucharist is a sacred meal of thanksgiving, a memorial of Christ's death and resurrection. And if you recall, that chapter is pivotal because this happens after the major scene, the blow up at the lecture. Yep. And after they have the fight in the office and she almost leaves him. And you all remember that mm-hmm. scene was phenomenal. And he convinced her to come. She, saw, she hadn't eaten anything all day. He didn't want her to pass out. He wanted to talk to her finally after all this time, after she avoided him for so long. So she agreed to go to his house and he treated her to a beautiful dinner and bought this beautiful chocolate cake Mm -hmm. for dessert. So I... I looked up the the website for this bakery. (laughs) Yes, and... um, the cake actually was purchased um, by Gabriel, um, who feeds her a Grand Marnier chocolate cake from Patisserie La Sillon. There are two locations that are still open, and their menu has many decadent chocolate cakes. <laughs> Pan said she gained 10 pounds just looking at the menu. I did. And, oh, my God. And I am uh, pasting this link so you can see it. Um Yes, Betty, this happened right after she leaves Paul in the hallway. Not cool, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna says Gabriel makes love to that cake. Yes. Yes, he does. Yes, he I, does. I actually, you know, and of course, we can talk for hours about how that scene was incredibly translated to the, mm-hmm. to the screen by Tosca and the cast and crew. Um Gabriel, um, the portrayal of Gabriel by Julio in that scene was, um, I, I know it affected Tosca. She had, she had said that it was just such an intense scene, mm-hmm. um, to film and that it was just, it was just perfectly done. Cause I think it matched the intensity of the, the book. Um, and I thought it was just so well done. And <laughs> Monica says, Paul looks like an accessory no one wants, but it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Betty. Always there in the odd moments. And Kenzie <laughs> says, <laughs> Monica, that was hilarious. And Kenzie says, I went to the bakery when I was in Toronto, but it was closed as it was Canadian Thanksgiving. So... I guess that's something so, else. It's another, it's one to visit when back in the, 
when back in when, Toronto. I think that yeah, would be yeah, really, yeah. really great. I, uh, I, when I was looking at the, um, the website for the cakes and stuff that, you know, I noticed their Thanksgiving menu was nothing but pumpkin pies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I don't think that's what they're there for that. Um, but they, well, they did, a, they did have something called a tortier that mm. looks, and it's like a meat pie and oh God, it looks so good. And I have a recipe for one that, um, is really, really good. And they also make it there. So I'm sure it's much better than mine. Oh, that sounds mm -hmm. amazing. And uh, Kenzie says, unpopular opinion. I like that scene better in the book, hiding. No need to hide. No, that's that fine. Country. I mean, that's. I, 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 don't think I don't think I would. I don't know if I would rank one over the other. Frankly, I'm, I'm such a fan of the book. I think the book always, in my, for me, I think I'll always have that, hold that higher. Um, because I tend to, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. I, I haven't encountered many films that I think were better in on the screen than in person. But I just thought they did a, a really great job in... That. Absolutely. And and the cake was pivotal. It was a pivotal scene, as Ellie is saying. And and then, of course, there's the chocolate body paint. Yes, yes. Which we will not we will not delve much into uh, chocolate body paint. I don't know, Pam, maybe that has to be a podcast topic. <laughs> <On its own. laughs> we could have a podcast devoted to chocolate body paint. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what do you think, SR? Do you think SR would uh, appreciate us? <laughs> Dear SR, we've decided, we've decided to have a chocolate body paint um, as the focus of the podcast. Oh, will yeah, you he'd share? Really, will you get share? a kick out of that. He'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> I think he actually would get a kick out of that. It would be funny. Um, we did ask, actually ask SR another question regarding uh, the scene. Um, and noted, you know, the chocolate cake scene was sensual, provocative, and erotic. Did you initially envision the scene as it is written, or did it evolve as you were writing? So during his writing process, is this one of the scenes he had in his mind, or, you know, as he was developing the story, this kind of wove itself in? And SR said, I think it was envisioned from the outset as an expression of Gabriel's seductive arts. So I thought that was... Um, I was glad he answered that because I was kind of curious. Um, you know, sometimes you have these visions of certain scenes that you're going to have mm -hmm. as you set a project. And I think I, I just think it's interesting that this is something he had in his mind to kind of embody, embody Gabriel's seductive mm -hmm. um, nature. Um, so, yes, Ellie says research. Always important <laughs> research. Yes. <laughs> Although I don't think we would get SR to share his, his research his, on that. His, <laughs> his, his research endeavors in the chocolate paint realm. Um, and Betty noted, uh, Betty noted she loves the way Morgan read the chocolate cake scene. That was so sexy. Oh, you've got you've and, got that that voice of his and 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 oh, and his, his voice characters. Portrayed. Oh my God. His characterization of all of the, his portrayal of all the characters. Oh my gosh, yes, Kenzie. Mm -hmm. Kenzie noted she loves those audiobooks so much, and and so do I. Um, John's performance was brilliant. She said, 
Um, and Betty noted, I think this is how the boss eats cake. He gives a sensual speech and eats cake slowly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well, after says, all, no movie, love my audiobooks. So a- yes. after all, it's all part of the seduction when you think about it. When you're yes. seducing people, you want to have all your senses involved to become heightened. Yes. So to speak. And I think, you know, I think having this type of a scene of this very personal sharing, right, mm-hmm. is is a, a wonderful way to engage all of the senses. And I think it was a really great um, vehicle to display the character mm-hmm. of Gabriel's um, passion and uh, thoughtfulness mm-hmm. in the erotic arts. So I, I think uh, well done, SR. Mm-hmm. Well done. So we also, um, chocolate cake wasn't only mentioned in Inferno, as you will doubtful, mm-hmm. will, will no doubt remember. Um, there was the issue of chocolate cake and the mention of chocolate cake in uh, Gabriel's Rapture as well. Right. And uh, you remember... Uh, when the couple were reunited in Boston, Julia um, and Gabriel were having a dinner as they were getting reacquainted. Um, and Julia noted that Gabriel did not offer her chocolate cake for dessert. And um, we asked SR, why did he make that choice um, in the story? Because obviously it was such a big part um, in them coming together. And uh, SR responded that at this point, Gabriel's trying to prove his sincerity, and he was concerned she would dismiss him as manipulative. Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense. I think, as you remember, he served her a lemon, I believe, a lemon cake with blueberries. Is that right? Lemon Something cake like that, yeah. is what I'm remembering. Kenzie will correct me if I'm wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought that was an interesting, and I think it was interesting how he had that intentional selection not to do the chocolate cake again, Um, and the fact that he was so, being so cautious about trying not to scare her away. Yeah, and you know, that's important too, because that, you know, when they're sitting there talking at that dinner, it it was sort of the to figure out what was going on and if they wanted this relationship to continue or not. Right. So he doesn't want to do something that's going to entice her to, to run away. And as, as SR pointed out, you know, the feeding of the chocolate cake, well, it's sensual. It can be cut. It can seem somewhat aggressive when you're trying to pacify things. So, Right. And um, I'm seeing Kenzie also noted that Roberts and Dean um, sounds very similar to John. And mm-hmm. I, that doesn't surprise me because I think uh, SR um, ultimately wanted to try and have uh, someone who ha- ev- evoked that same quality. Yes. Um, so and I, I think he did a very, very good job. I mean, Robertson is continuing on a great tradition, but I know so many of us are just fans of. Mm-hmm. fans and i see tatiana joined us hi tatiana glad you could join us um we're just talking about the chocolate cake scene in rapture and the fact that sr 
um, said that they decided not to include um, that he he decided not to have uh, chocolate cake being served um, at the reuniting dinner when Julia and Gabriel reunite in Boston because Gabriel was trying to prove his sincerity and he was concerned that she would find him manipulative. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Lori and had a- noted that after listening to this, I have a new appreciation for the scene. I, I was really happy to hear some of the thought behind his choices and why he chose chocolate cake to begin with mm-hmm. in terms of having that displaying his seduction skills. Um, I thought it was really, really insightful. So I'm glad he was responding responding to our questions. Um, thank you, Kenzie. I kept thinking blueberry was not correct. She said it was actually raspberry, raspberry lemon, lemon cake. cake. Um, and Betty said he's John uh, or Roberts and Dean sounds similar, but Morgan had a special way of re- reading Gabriel's lines. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Ellie's Ellie's fanning herself and tugging at her collar because it's kind of <laughs> hot. <laughs> so. Yes. I mean, that scene was unforgettable. Um, and, and really well-written. And I think it does exactly, I think it's affected so many people because it really did, um, embody, uh, Gabriel's seductive side and also his caring and nurturing side, um, as, as it were. (laughs) And as Ellie pointed out, it is yet another lemon reference. Yes, that's right. That's right. I forgot the whole lemon reference uh, mm-hmm. themes throughout his work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes back to the original um, when he was in fanfic. Right. So how can it be 10 o'clock already? I know. I know. And I apologize for, for not having the uh, halftime show today. Um what I was explaining before uh, I found out that I wasn't, <laughs> you couldn't hear me. <laughs> we had a little electrical glitch in the house this week, and uh, the uh, kitchen is completely dark at the moment, and because uh, it's been going on and off, and it's like half the house is like dark half the time, which is very weird. But they had the electric company in, and we also have an electrician coming this week. And uh, he uh, has to replace a, a wire, uh, a cable, actually. So that'll be done by the end of the week. And that way, I'll be back in the kitchen next week, and then we'll have the clock. <laughs> the clock did not die. <laughs> it's just that I, the electrical died in the house. <laughs> well, we're and glad. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yes, fear not. It will be back. And um, I did want to mention, uh, as we wrap up our chocolate cake, celebration today um and with tatiana joining us i wanted to congratulate her and the sr fans russia for Mm -hmm. their new um russian speaking page uh and the fact that they will be having a celebratory chat on one at 1 p.m eastern time which is new york time Mm -hmm. and celebrating the re-release of gabriel's inferno in russian with our very own dear SR. So mark your calendars now, February 7th at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And if you go uh, to Argyle Empire, I know it's been posted and I'm sure Tatiana has it all over different social medians. 
Um, submit your question for SR by February 1st. Um, there's a Google Doc that you can ask uh, SR any question you want. You need to write your name, city or country, and your mm -hmm. question, and you can submit as many questions as you want um, in Russian or English. And uh, Tatiana very um, considerately is also translating the Russian ones into English. And um, SR will post the answers during the chat. Oh, that'll be cool. That's very plus, cool. Plus they're having a giveaway. Um, on So stay tuned for the SR Fans Russia Facebook page. Yes. So That'll be good. That'll be great. So, and congratulations. So was, yes, congratulations. So the, the last thing that I was looking at is being fed. And I mean, you know, SR had mentioned it and feeding the cake and everything. And in searching it, I found out that being fed um, and feeding and being fed are the big themes throughout the Gospels. I mean, there's the uh, there's the uh, the wedding in Cana that you know where Jesus supposedly turned the water into wine, and there's you know the Last Supper, obviously, and there's all sorts of stuff. So, um, <clears throat> you know, he 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 enjoys Jesus apparently uh, uh, enjoyed people's company and receiving their hospitality and being fed is a profound metaphor for our own relationship with God and each other we experience this by coming together of spiritual and physical bread in the center of our worship the Holy Eucharist the, uh, to be church is to come hungry for an encounter with God to gather in community and to be fed we are also called to feed each other, and we feed each other through our hospitality, service, ministry, love, and support. We come and are fed by God and by each other in a flow of both giving and receiving. So Jesus had said to his disciples and followers, I am the bread of life. To feed another is to say, I have something you need. So I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd pass that along in, so, which I, I found. <clears throat> Interesting. Yes. And I think, obviously, you know, SR hinted at that in, in the references written in Chapter 16 of Gabriel's Inferno. And, mm -hmm. I, again, it's just interesting how he weaves so many themes um, in a few short paragraphs to mm -hmm. me. He, he, his writing is, is um, very rich, and I think that's one of the reasons um, why so many people are drawn to it. That's true. So, as Betty noted, that was beautiful. So, um, and Ellie had noted that the point of all of it is how Gabriel is showing such an extra effort to seduce and worship Julia with all of his skills. He is a perfectionist, mm -hmm. and he had shown such little care at the beginning. He was still seeking atonement. He wants to show his love for her through all, including food and care. I, I can't agree with you more on that, Ellie. And I actually feel like even fast forward through Gabriel's promise, and he is still at some level always trying to to do more and to do better and to show her his care and affection. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful observation. Yeah. And... So thank so you that, for that. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back next week with chapter 14 of Gabriel's Promise. 
and uh, see how how much how well Julia reacts to the news that you know Gabriel may be going to uh, Scotland to Edinburgh. Yes, finally, finally, the the big announcement. And um, I just noted Tatiana had included uh, the fact that Gabriel's seduction is part of his redemption plan. Yes, I think it's it's that trying to do everything he can to make up for his abysmal behavior. Um, and it becomes his purpose in life to please his family, Ellie said. Anna notes he's forever proving his love. And um, I think I think. It, it that resonates with so much of us, right? We we want to do more for those we love, and I think um, that's uh, it's just a good reminder about in all elements, be it more of the erotic arts or just simple kindnesses throughout the day. I mm-hmm. think it's it's something that we can kind of take with us and hold with us. So um, glad that we were all able to come together today. Um, who knew chocolate? cake day would be so much fun it would (laughs) eating it is more fun i just wish i had a piece right now (laughs) i know now i really want to get i really want to go to a bakery or make my own um and thank you um thank you betty she said awesome great show ladies Lori says i appreciate you you all joy-filled weekend to all i couldn't agree more i'm glad everybody could join us today and who for those who are listening on the downloads thank you so much um look forward to next week in chapter 14 so have a great week everybody and i'm gonna leave you with the ending of can't you hear me knocking with the rolling stones i love it have a great week (laughs) take care everybody